Hey friend, welcome to Bible Track Echoes. I'm Mike McCurry, your host, and I'm so thankful for the opportunity to talk to you today. We're going to pick up where we left off yesterday. We're looking inside my prayer journal just a little bit. And I, I mentioned yesterday, this is kind of a, it's kind of an intimate thing for me to open this up a little bit, but I truly feel there are some thoughts in here. There are some things that I emphasize that maybe, just maybe will be a help to you. I do not have a market, a corner on the market of prayer. Absolutely not. Not a chance. I have much more to do, much more to uh, improve upon, but there are some things that I believe, it saddens me to say this, but I would hazard a guess, preaching in the churches I do, traveling the way that I do, in many of the churches that I go to, there are many Christians whose prayer lives struggle. They are anemic at best. They don't have a prayer life, essentially, is what I'm saying. And so my hope, my prayer, is that something I say today will be a help to you. Now, we're going to look in our Bibles, if you would. You have your Bible with you? Grab yours. I'm trying to balance everything on my lap right now because I've got all kinds of stuff. I don't have a table in front of me, so hopefully I won't fumble around too much. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 12. 1 Timothy 4 and verse number 12. While you're doing so, let me tell you about a gospel tract. I just talked about this one. I know. It's called The Guardian. And this gospel tract right here, I had the opportunity not long ago. I mentioned that I get to help with some fair outreach here in the Rockford area of Illinois. And the other day, we were passing out these gospel walking sticks. Maybe I'll share more about that later on in the week. But we had the opportunity uh, down around the corner. These, you know, We were, were on one of the main thoroughfares where a lot of the food vendors and booths are at. But around the corner, down past the restrooms, just inside the front gate was the, I think it's the Winnebago County Sheriff's. Uh, maybe it was the Pecatonica, uh, the city sheriff. I'm not sure. But regardless, they were there, had all kinds of vehicles out there and police cars and uh, even a bus for prisoners transport, all sorts of things. And I had the opportunity to give out some of these gospel tracts. I got to tell them this gospel tract was written specifically for our friends in blue, just like you. Now, I'd encourage you, if you have the opportunity to bypass some police officers, some fire, maybe even some folks that work with EMS, I'd encourage you to get some of these gospel tracts and then use these gospel tracts. I've said this before, but our gospel tracts, do no one any good on the shelves of our warehouse. And so I'd ask you, please go to BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org and order some of these gospel tracks today. Now, I've got some insects chiming in. They want to be on the radio, it sounds like. And so hopefully you can hear me okay. Thankfully, my radio editor can do some uh, magic behind the scenes to make everything sound good. So all that to say, let's jump in right now. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, the Bible says this, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. And that's been our thought yesterday and today. Look at Matthew chapter 5, verse number 8. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. I'll give you a second to turn over there. Earlier on in the New Testament there, the Bible says this, Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I've got two more scriptures we may share later on in the program, but we've been looking at purity. I told you yesterday, before I pray for my family, 
before I pray for my in-laws, before I pray for my church, for my pastor, before I pray for the ministry of Bible Tracks, before I pray for our radio listeners, before I pray for my mission, our missionaries, I pray for purity. It's the very first thing. One of the reasons is that everything that comes after, I believe, could well fall on deaf ears, God Almighty, of course, if I don't come with purity to the throne room of grace. I mentioned this verse, Psalm 23, verse 3 and 4 yesterday. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. Yesterday, I introduced this thought. I'm going to continue to get stuck in with this. I feel, personally, I feel, I must pray for purity as desperately as I pray in repentance. I must seek holiness with the same fervor that I desire forgiveness. Do you know, you know that cold, itching, uh, just grimy feeling of knowing you've done wrong, the Holy Spirit squeezing your heart in conviction, and you realize you've got to get right with God and you pour your heart out asking him, please God, forgive me for my error. Forgive me for, for dragging your name through the mud. Forgive me for whatever it may be, whether it's thoughts, whether it's actions, uh, words. And you, you know you were so very wrong and you pray so desperately for repentance. What if before we sinned, now, I'm not saying we can be sinlessly perfect. That will never be the case until we get to heaven. But what if we could pray in such a way, with that same intensity, that same fervor, to grab a hold of God, if you will, praying for purity, instead of having to constantly pray for forgiveness. Continue on with this thought. Along the same lines, if I... I'm speaking about myself, I can't speak for you, but if I would avoid the snares with the same intensity that I scream when caught, I bear far less scars. I wrote that some time ago in my prayer journal because it rang so true. Have you ever heard an animal caught in a snare, in a trap? Maybe just one of those ones that catches a wolf by the paw. Maybe catch a fox if by the snout or something like that. Have you ever heard an animal in that state, the squeal, the scream that they make? It sounds a lot like me when I get caught in the snares of sin. But if I would avoid, if I'd look out for those with the same intensity that I scream, that I shudder, that I wail when caught by the snares, I feel certain that I'd have far less scars of sin on my mind maybe on our bodies. Friend, purity, how important is it to you? Your character, realize this, your character will be tested far more severely than your competence ever will be. Therefore, grow your character without excuse or care for the expense. We spend, you know, we Think about this. Let, let's get let's get honest with ourselves. There are people. I'm not faulting them, though. We could talk about the wisdom of it. There are people spending hundreds of thousands of dollars growing their competence. They're going to college, spending uh, years worth of earnings, 
with the thought that they need to grow their competence to a degree that they can be worthwhile, they can be worth something in the workforce, all those types of things. And I'm not downplaying that. But I wonder if we'd put half, a third, a quarter of that same effort that we do into growing our intellect as we do into growing our character, I feel certain our world would be in a better place. There's a lot of people graduating from college. There's a lot of people with doctorates. There's a lot of people very smart, yes, competent, yes, with little to no character. I believe this continues right on in my desire, in my striving to grow smarter, to know more. If my character is lacking, then friend, what's the point? I do want to say this as we continue on. Purity. I said this earlier. Purity is not your sins being hidden. This was yesterday. It is declining to do that which needs to be hidden. Don't do that which needs to be hidden, and that is purity more than washing yourself after becoming grimy and dirty. But think about this. Purity avoids the questionable. If I was in a nice white pressed shirt, a dress shirt with my tie on, my nice dress shoes and a suit that had been freshly dry cleaned, and you asked me, hey, can you come out and help in the garden? Do you think I would come out in my suit, in my tie, in my button-down shirt to help in the garden? At the very least, I'm going to have to kneel down, put my knees to the earth, now, I enjoy those types of things, those physical exertions. I do not have a green thumb. I can kill plants with the best of them accidentally, okay? But realize, if you would invite me out, hey, do exactly what I show you. I'm going to teach you some things. You know, I'd say, let me go change into something more appropriate for this endeavor. Because my clothes are pure. I don't want to get them dirty. There's nothing questionable about gardening. But the chances of me getting dirty because of gardening on these pure, nice clothes, it's very high, is it not? Well, I ask you, why do you take the robe of righteousness that God has draped over you and spend so much time fraternizing with and rubbing up against the world, going to places and fellowshipping with those that you know are dirty, why wouldn't you even avoid the questionable? Here's a problem. We don't even avoid those that we know, that which we know is wrong, that which we know has the great likelihood of getting us dirty, if you will, much less the questionable. I have just a few more thoughts on purity. They're going to have to wait till tomorrow. I, I hope you say, Brother Micah, why are you spending so much time here? I'll be honest with you. One of the reasons is that I hear and see so many others not spending time here. I'm not questioning other men of God. I'm just saying that it seems that purity, that holiness, has taken a back seat to many other aspects of the Christian life. But almost, or should I say all, aspects of the Christian life hinge upon holiness. I read this recently, I'll butcher the quote. It was just one little phrase out of one little book talking about revival and it made this, made this statement. Revival can only come, this is a paraphrase, revival can only come when there is a sensitiveness, a sensitivity to sin. 
when you avoid that which is questionable, vo avoid that which is wrong. We'll expound on this a little bit more, and we're going to put the rubber on the road. We're going to get very practical tomorrow here on Bible Track Echoes. I'm so thankful for you listening in. Have a great day for His glory. God bless.